0: Hello and welcome to The Property Show. I'm Andrew Montlake and with me is my co-host Louisa Fletcher.
1: We're here to talk about all things property. So whether you're staying put, buying, selling, renting or letting.
0: We'll be chatting through the latest news on the housing market and mortgages as well as sharing our advice and expertise to help you get the best from your home. Today, Lou will be looking at how the UK housing market works as we try to make sense of the latest property boom.
1: Plus, Monty will be talking about mortgage prisoners and explaining why this is such a serious issue for thousands of homeowners, as well as bringing us up to speed on the latest crop of mortgage products. We're here to help you make money, save money, and most importantly of all, protect yourself, regardless of where you are on your home ownership journey.
0: You all ready, Lou?
1: Firing on all cylinders, Monty.
0: Hello everyone, Hello. Lou is here, Hello. and apparently Lou is firing on all cylinders this yes.
1: week. Yes, yeah, it's the sunshine. It, it's Have you only of, been yeah. on
0: like half cylinders previous weeks?
1: So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been depleted of vitamin D. So, Have you? Yes. You're,
0: the sun's shining.
1: Yeah, it's good, it's
0: good, is it? Day, yeah. and, um, yeah, it's a beautiful day, and we're nice. in here doing this. And we're inside. But there you go. <laughs> So you're still depleted of vitamin D. <laughs>
1: well, you know, I'll, I'll I'll get some rays later, but it's just, <laughs> you know, changes everything, doesn't it? Sunshine out the window just puts a, yeah, I puts know. a very different perspective on life.
0: And yeah. do you know what happened this week, Lou?
1: What happened this week, Monty?
0: I had my first outside oh. business meeting, proper business meeting <gasps> in awesome. a pub garden. In a That's pub garden awesome. with a beer. And it was beautiful. It there was like go. it was like a brand new experience.
1: Ah, see, see, it's all it's all good. We're getting there. We're getting there. We <laughs> are getting there.
0: <laughs> I've got everything crossed, Luke. I've got everything
1: keep, crossed. Yeah, keep them, keep them crossed. Uh,
0: and I also saw people that in <laughs> in my own company that I hadn't seen for a year.
1: It's that's it's always, so
0: bizarre. That, and that's that was, gotta be I was weird, like a right? little excited puppy.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, wagging my tail and Aww. everything. But anyway, while I've been doing that, yeah, <laughs> you've been looking at the housing market and crunching the numbers again, haven't you?
1: I, I have, yes. There was a lot of crunching that went on this week, in particular. There's a lot
0: of figures.
1: There was a lot of numbers, yes. Yes. Um, and we've kind of had the confirmation in the last few days of what you and I and a few other people have been saying for quite some time, um, yeah. which is just how busy things are. Um, and the, the data that was released from HMRC this week is, is the hard evidence of all of that.
0: So go on then, talk me and the listeners through all that lovely data okay. and what it means.
1: And what it means. So I think it's probably really important for me to give some context first Because actually, when I was kind of putting together what we're going to be talking about today, I I realized that, you know, you and I look at these numbers every day, but a lot of people listening probably don't. So whenever I sort of talk about in very excited tones, you know, how many properties are sold each month, it it kind of occurred to me that a lot of people listening wouldn't really really understand why that's such a big deal. Um, And also, the things I'm about to talk about, whenever I sort of speak to you know, other people outside of the industry. Uh, and when I kind of run through it with them, they go, oh, you know what, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. So I thought, okay, well, if other people find yeah. it interesting, let's let's give it a go on here. So I think that the kind of macro picture um, is that there are just over 27 million chimney pots in the UK. So when I mean chimney pots, I mean a residential property that somebody could live in. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you break that down, just over 2 million of those are rented from local authorities and around sort of 2.8 million are rented from housing associations, which means that there are around approximately 5.5 million properties that are rented privately. Mm. Okay. So that leaves us with approximately 17.5 million homes in the UK which are owner occupied.
0: That's interesting breakdown.
1: Okay. So that just kind of gives a bit of perspective. Now, of yeah. course, you know, these numbers change all the time because, of course, new homes are built and people move in and out of the private rental sector, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a bit of a moving feast, but just roughly that gives you a sort of top-line breakdown. Now, if you were to add together the total number of properties in the private rental sector and the total number of owner-occupied homes, you're looking at around about 20 million, just shy of 20 million available properties. Okay. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it, it is quite possible and normal that landlords sell and buy properties to either add or relinquish from their portfolio. So we kind yeah. of have to lump yeah. those in with the overall big picture. So we've got around, so our available pool of properties is around 20 million. And on average, the last few years, 1.1 to 1.2 million residential properties are sold every year. So on the best case average, that's looking at around 6% of residential housing stock in the UK changes hands every year.
0: So... That's really interesting, but you're definitely starting to sound like
1: that, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> and apologies to anybody listening to this, but I just think that's important to understand because that underpins much of what we talk about in terms of rising number of properties sold, house price inflation, in the event it occurs, a reduction or a correction in, in the housing market. It's all linked to this. You know, it's all yeah. linked to the fact that. There is a finite number, and it's probably not as big a number. And this is the thing that seems to surprise people when I talk about it: that it is that it is this you know, that it is only sort of twenty million properties, give or take, that, that are going to be available. Um, and of that, it's such a small amount that are sold each year.
0: Yeah. So what what does all that tell you?
1: Well, here's the other surprising thing. Well, you know. It's not surprising for you and I, but it seems to be surprising for, you know, other people, is that the average time between moves, so a homeowner to to spend in their current property and then move home, is now 21 years. So, wow. Yeah. So, that gives you a backdrop to what I'm about to say, which is... That's
0: really interesting. Yeah. 20. Yeah.
1: 21 I didn't years.
0: Realize it had gone out that long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the the reason that this is all of such consequence is because HMRC released the figures a few days ago for the total number of homes residential properties sold in the UK in March. Yeah. Okay. So on a seasonally adjusted basis for anybody listening who's into that kind of stuff, the big number for March was 190,980 residential completions.
0: Wow. That is a big number.
1: That's a big number. So, again, just to give some context, the average number of transactions completed in a month normally sits at around Mm. (laughs) 98,000. So, when you look at it that way, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, it's a big number. It's a big number. (laughs) Yeah. So, when... You know, I I speak to people all day, every day, and they're saying the housing market's so crazy. I don't understand why is it so crazy. There you go. That that's the why. There's a limited number yes. of properties, possibly more limited than anybody maybe considers before before all of that stuff is explained, and people are moving home far less frequently now, which consistently reduces the number of available homes at any one time for sale.
0: Yes and that'll have an effect on pricing
1: exactly that yes which is so why I'm... we're seeing what we're seeing at the moment which is yeah at the one on on the one hand we've got widely reported the lowest ever level of homes for sale since records began okay and then on the other hand we've got this incredible record month for completions <laughs> last month <laughs>
0: Yeah, it sort, it sort of seems contradictory, doesn't it? It's, it's
1: crazy. Yeah, or alternatively, there's nothing left to buy because everybody's bought it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, but, but here's the thing. And, and again, I feel that this is an Im- important sort of flag to raise for our listeners, which is part of the crunching of numbers I did this week. I looked into the figures historically in a bit more detail. And... What I can now see and what has indeed been evidenced is the fact that the UK housing market in the first quarter of 2021 was officially busier than the first quarter of 2007, which of course oh, wow. was the housing boom. Yeah. And I've run the numbers, right? So, Go on. What, so know, what,
0: what have you found?
1: So the, in the first three months of 2007, the total number of homes sold... Was just shy of 440,000. And I ran the same size. This is January to March, right? Mm. So I've run the same numbers for the first three months of this year. And the total is just over 455,000.
0: Wow. So it's higher for the first three Three months months of 2021. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The first three months of 2021 than it was in
1: 2007. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. So, you know. If you're looking for, for a property to buy at the moment, this is why things are feeling more expensive than they would be normally because there just isn't much out there. It's and, crazy. Yeah.
0: It is crazy. I knew it was busy. <laughs> I mean, I can, yeah. we can all feel how busy it yeah. is, that those of us who work in the industry and and, and people looking for properties and, and all the, the mad stories that we're seeing. Yeah. Um. So what's your take on all of this then?
1: Well, I think there's sort of three main points, I guess. So it's a great time to sell your house or home, Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, it's definitely right? a
0: seller's market, isn't It's a it? seller's
1: market. So yeah. there just aren't enough in most of the major town cities, conurbations across the country. There just aren't enough homes to meet demand at pretty much all price points, to be honest. So if you wanted to sell, the chances are you'll be able to do so quickly And probably for a very good price but of course don't forget all things are relative because then you've got to buy presumably you've got to buy something so I think that that brings me on to my second point which is unless more people decide to sell this year then I think it's reasonable to suggest that house prices will in most parts of the UK continue to rise and And you can understand how we could get stuck in the current situation quite easily because Mm. if you're thinking about selling, the likelihood is the next thing that you will do is check out the property websites like Right Move on the market in Zoopla. Mm. And if you can't find something that you think that you would like to buy, that could put you off from selling. Because at that point you're thinking, well, there's no point in me selling if there's nothing that I yeah, want to buy. Yeah, right? absolutely. And then yeah. that perpetuates the problem. It keeps us in this cycle of a low level of stock. So it's a great time to sell, but it is potentially a tricky time to buy until such times as more homes come up for sale. And then I think the third point of all of this is, you know, as, as I'm sure we'll be talking about later on, you know, low mortgage rates. We're still looking at very we talk about this every time, once you know, how. How reasonable the rates are, um, and especially you know the reintroduction of the government-backed mortgages for low deposits, you know, yeah. in, the, in the last week or so. So I personally think that's going to bring even more buyers to the market. Um, it could it could get people who are in the private renting pool. So remember, we spoke about earlier. There's about sort of five and a half million um, households in the private rental sector. Yeah. It could be the opportunity to get some of those into, you know, home ownership, but that's only going to work out if those homes are there for them to purchase. Yeah. But I do think that this this additional sort of, you know, low access to sort of low rate borrowing, access to low deposit mortgages will probably just fuel buyer demand even further. Yeah. Um, No, you're
0: absolutely right. I mean, none of it's, none of it feels like rocket science, is it? No, it's not. It's just, it's just simple mm. supply and demand. And, mm. and while people feel confident about their finances mm-hmm. and, and they're able to access mortgage borrowing at cheap rates, it's just likely to continue.
1: Yeah, I, I really believe it will. And, you know, I would counter all of that by saying, of course, in every cycle, there is generally an event that corrects house prices, as we saw with the credit crunch, you know. And... Um, and if you believe what some analysts suggest, this is around an every eighteen to twenty year occurrence. So if you believe that, then it's possible that some kind of correction could occur, sort of twenty twenty six, twenty twenty eight. Maybe. I mean, that's the thing, right? Nobody knows. Do you know what?
0: I've heard similar similar things from so. from a couple of people who look at trends. And uh, yeah, we're we not there yet, but it could be you know, three to five years away.
1: But, but I think that, you know, and again, let's just sort of keep it real. However, going back to what we were just saying earlier, and again, you see, this is why I wanted to give these metrics for context, right? So if you bought a property now, and we assume that you're going to be, you know, on the average in this property for 20 to 21 years... Um, even if a correction does occur in the next few years, if we look at history, the likelihood is that prices will recover and rise after that correction. So you're you're a good example of this, Monty. So you bought your house at the at the height of the last house price boom. Did well you? Well remembered. You yeah.
0: you were listening.
1: I do listen. Yeah, to that's right. Saying.
0: Yeah, we bought yeah. it in two thousand and seven, um... and. Yeah, I was worried I was buying at the top of the market and then we had the credit crunch, but yeah, it's still worth basically double what we paid for for back then.
1: Right, so that's the thing. So a correction in house prices is only really relevant if you are selling to cash out the market. Yeah. Because if you're selling at a point when house price is correct but you are purchasing, then actually in all likelihood, if you're buying something that's worth more than what you're selling, you're probably going to end up better off in the yeah. long run. Because you're, if, if what you're buying is reduced percentage-wise relative to what you're selling percentage-wise, then actually you're getting a bigger discount off what you're buying. Yeah. Yeah? So yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is this is all the natural ebb and flow of a housing market. Um And I don't think there's any expert in the country that could sit here and call the top of the housing market. You know, I would love to be able to do that, but I can't. But what I can say with reasonable confidence is that right now, unless we suddenly magic up another million homes for sale, (laughs) I'm going to go with probably it's going to be like this for the next 12 months at least.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You better get building, Lou.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Get your
0: hod carrier. I'm, I'm brick. all
1: right. I'm all right with brickwork. You know, I've I've built, <laughs> I have built a wall before. Now I can do it. <laughs> I've
0: built a few walls. They've
1: yeah. all fallen down. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. You probably wouldn't hire me as a brickie anytime soon. But. You know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there you go. I just, I just kind of felt it was worth us at some point taking the time to chat all this through, and I think that it, it was that data this week that made me feel now was a good time to, to, have this chat with our yeah. listeners. So thank you that's for indulging me. That's very interesting.
0: Me. There you go. That, that that's very interesting as always.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hope nobody's fallen asleep.
0: <laughs> What'd you say? Anyway, just a reminder, you're listening to the Property Show podcast with me, Andrew Montlake and Louisa Fletcher.
1: Now, Monty, a big topic. Um, certainly you and I have been talking about this between ourselves for a few months now, but it's something we've been promising to cover since we started our podcast. Um and I know this is a subject that you're very passionate about as well, which is the ongoing um, plight of mortgage prisoners in the mm. UK. And this is a topic um, it's been covered again in the papers this week. Mm. but I think could, could we just could you just explain for me and, and, and people listening, you know, what is this all about? What, what is a mortgage prisoner? How did all of this happen?
0: So. We're just talking about the credit crunch, actually, mm. um, back in two thousand and nine, and and basically it's a it's a it was born out of the issues that we had then. Okay. So basically, there were there were a lot of uh, borrowers who merrily got mortgages from people like Northern Rock, and yeah. some of them were advised to do so. Some of them um, took their own advice and did it, um, and and they took. They took mortgages from quite a few lenders, Bradford and Bingley, Northern Rock, mm-hmm. um, several other lenders that are no longer with us okay. as a consequence of the credit crunch. Okay. So the credit crunch happened, these lenders closed down and there was a lot of people left with these lenders. And
1: right. the government,
0: in their wisdom, when these lenders closed down, um, some of them sold their books. So they sold this pool of mortgage borrowers okay to some to other lenders okay and some to what's called closed book
1: lenders so what so, is a closed book lender monty
0: so basically a closed book lender is someone who it's a lender who doesn't trade okay so they're either not regulated okay um by the fca or, or and the, and they're not they're not able to Sell mortgages; they're not able to do more mortgages, so so they've just bought these these clients and their mortgage books in order to make money.
1: I was going to say, so they're literally seeing this as it's an investment, right? Okay, correct, right,
0: correct. So a mortgage prisoner is basically a homeowner who can't get a lower interest rate through remortgaging.
1: Okay, so why would they not? be able to remortgage with a different lender to get away from the, the lender they're with at the moment?
0: Um there's several reasons. One is because th- because out of the credit crunch came new affordability rules.
1: Of course. So this is the 2015 20- mortgage market yeah. review. Yeah, 2014. When, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is when it got a you know we had to go to a, a lot more in-depth questioning to apply for a mortgage. And as you say you know, this probably got rid of, and um, forgive me, mortgages being your bag. Um, this is when things like the self-certified loans became unavailable. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah?
0: Yeah, okay. correct. So thanks to stricter affordability rules, mm-hmm. banks and building societies might tell these um, borrowers that they can't afford to remortgage. They can't afford a cheaper rate. Even but, if you've been paying a more expensive rate for years. I was going to say,
1: but they've been paying a mortgage on a more expensive rate for... Yes, right. but the
0: new affordability guidelines mean that they don't qualify. And that might be that they've lost their job. It may, might be that they uh, they never really had the income in the first place. It might yeah. be that they've had lifestyle changes. It might be that um, they've amassed some credit issues because of all these difficulties. Um So it's an unintended consequence of an important change. Okay. So lenders granting these mortgages too liberally, um, and in some cases without checking Mm. whether the customers would be able to pay them back. Mm. So it made sense, obviously, for the FCA to ask banks to make tougher checks, and this is the unintended consequence of that.
1: Okay. So how many mortgage prisoners are there? In the UK, so
0: we think there are around about two hundred thousand. Wow! So quite a few. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: However, it's it's there's there's been a range of uh, a range of studies on this, and um, it there's certainly a lot.
1: So this this dates back. Well, certainly the mortgage rules changed in twenty fourteen, right? So, you know, we're coming up to seven years. And nothing seems to have changed for these people.
0: Well, look, the 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 FCA have been tasked with with making some making some changes, and and I've worked with them uh, right. on on this um, in in terms of trying to do this. And actually, they have introduced some new rules to help mortgage prisoners escape. Okay. So they've allowed mortgage lenders. To, for mortgage prisoners to adopt a different set of affordability standards. Okay. The problem is mm-hmm. that there are still rules within this. So you would need to have clean credit, um, etc. cetera. Uh, you have to be with a one of these non-bank lenders. And only four lenders came forward, Santander, NatWest, West Brom Building Society and Halifax and have offered schemes for these borrowers okay. and since these new rules were introduced um, mortgage prisoner campaigners say that only about 40 40 people have been helped Whoa. so what the ca- the mortgage prisoner campaigners are uh, they campaigning for they're saying look it's not our fault
1: no, I was we took these not mortgages in good faith. Yeah. yeah, and
0: in a normal market, if I'd been lucky to take out my mortgage with Halifax and I'd become a mortgage prisoner, I couldn't move elsewhere. That would be okay because actually, Halifax have retention products. Mm. Even mm. if you're in a bit of negative equity, where mm. the value of your house mm. is is worth less than the value of your the amount of mortgage you've got, Halifax will allow you to switch on to another rate because they're a regulated lender and they look Mm -hmm. after their clients. Mm -hmm. But if you're with a non-bank lender who doesn't offer rates, you can't do anything and you can't go to another lender. So these, as everyone else has seen interest rates plummet since that time, and we can see the bank base is barely above zero at the moment, Um, they've stayed on their high rates. Now, some of them are, have been draconian and i think a lot of that has changed so they've reduced some of the more draconian rates that were out there but still they're missing out and still they're on rates of four to five percent um when they've got low loan to values and they just can't move because of, of various reasons so the mortgage prisoner campaigners have actually campaigned to say look at the very least why don't you cap the variable rate, the standard variable rate that we can be charged if we're with one of these lenders. Mm. And why don't you cap it at a fair rate of, say, 2% above bank base?
1: Mm.
0: So at the moment, 2.1%. That doesn't solve the problem, but it could literally change the life of someone oh, paying double that.
1: Exactly. And who's
0: but... paid who's paid that time and time again over the last few years. And there are so many sad stories, you know, some of these things lead to, you know, bankruptcy or what suicide, or you yeah. can imagine the financial strain and stress of all this, that you can't, you're trapped, you can't move out, mm. much like we talked about with, um, with um, the cladding, the cladding, cladding. crisis. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: So basically there's uh, something went through the uh, the House of Lords mm. um, last week on, on uh, these uh standard variable rate caps Mm. and the house of lords voted in favor of an amendment which could see interest rate cap okay which is good and martin lewis a money saving expert he's been a fabulous campaigner yeah he's
1: done a lot of work Um, work on this he's done
0: loads and loads of work really passionate um and that's great but now it's over to the commons and the problem is that a lot of the MPs and government at the moment have already said that, no, it's not something we're going to do. I don't think it's something we're going to do.
1: But why Um, would you not want to help people in this situation? That's the bit I don't get, right? Because obviously somebody's in a home and they have equity in that property and they've demonstrated over a period of time that they are committed to paying that mortgage. Why would you not want to assist them to to, to you know, run their finances in a healthy way. Why, why would anybody not want to do that? I don't understand.
0: It's really interesting. There, there are loads of different theories, and, and without getting too no, political it's, or anything like this, yeah. it's, um, I can only imagine it comes down to actually, if you're one of these funds who've bought this mortgage book and you mm. expect a certain return
1: mm.
0: to then suddenly say, actually that return is not going to be there, we're going to cap that return, you're going to be pretty angry that you've bought that in the first place. Now, my point in all of this is you're not buying assets. These are people. I was going these to say these are, are people's lives. lives. So yeah. how dare you play with people like this? That You shouldn't be making money out of these people. No. So it's, it's something that we really – we're at the stage now – you know, we've just, we've just seen the Super League. We've just seen football um, all come together and go, enough is enough. This isn't going to happen. We're going to sort this out. Same thing has to happen here. Mm. Same thing has to happen with cladding. Enough is enough. We've got mm. to sort it out. These are people trying to do the best with their lives and through no fault of their own, they're they're struggling. And not- we have to help them. So
1: literally, so, any
0: MPs listening... Yeah. I think we should vote for this I, I, I really I do I can't
1: understand I can't understand why as an MP you wouldn't want to do the best for your constituents why would you vote against it without being too political but I have to ask and and this is just me sort of looking at it probably in a very simplistic way but so we've heard all the news in the last few days it's been trialled since the announced in the budget trialled for the last few weeks that the government have introduced a scheme to underwrite lenders on what is deemed to be higher risk low deposit mortgages. Okay? Mm. So if they can do that, why can't they offer a similar indemnity for lenders who take mortgage prisoners from these, you know, non-bank you know, funds books and offer them a remortgage if there's if there's apparently some kind of element of risk because of affordability calculations? Notwithstanding the fact that these people have paid a mortgage for however long they've paid a mortgage for, mm. why can't the government help and indemnify these borrowers? Why can't they do that?
0: yeah I mean that's a, that's one of the things that a, a lot of people have said you know with 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 will, mm. you can do anything
1: mm.
0: and and that's certainly something that can be done um, but actually at the moment, do you know what the group are just asking to cap the rates? Let's let's make it let's at least make life bearable Mm. for many thousands of people by giving them some relief and capping the rates they're paying at the moment.
1: So when is this vote? Do we know when this vote's going to go through Commons?
0: Do you know what? I don't actually. Okay. so So let's keep an eye on that. that Let's
1: keep an eye on that because it kind of feels to me that the more people that talk about this. That, that have a voice that perhaps other people don't, um, the more the more perhaps people may listen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, Martin Lewis, he, he met the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak.
1: Yeah, well, um, got the big, discuss, we've got the big guns on it. It doesn't get much to to bigger than Martin Lewis. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, and his quote, I thought was brilliant, and we'll probably end on this. While the government chose to bail out the banks in the financial crisis, it's never bailed out the bank's customers who mm. are victims of that collapse very true and i think you know it, it, time time has come to to sort mm. this out
1: mm. so we will we will of course keep um keep an eye on this and as soon as we have more news i think it's something that we should definitely include um if not if it's not news for the next podcast definitely for the following episode yeah cool you thank go. you for explaining that monty thank you
0: um just a reminder you're listening to the property show with monty and lou
1: now then monty we're nearly out of time again
0: we are there are two chunky topics today
1: two chunky topics but you know what with all these things i think sometimes it's just good to give people this information because you never know you never know who we might help you know who's listening to all of this but before we go um Any mortgage rates have caught your eye over the last few days? Anything you want well, to chat us through?
0: It's all about the new 95% yeah. loan-to-value thought mortgages. thought you might say that. Because so, we actually know what we've said. got
1: now, don't we? Because last we time we didn't got. even know what the rates were.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the big guns them. are out. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. The
0: big guns are out. And um so, yes, we've got people like... um. Well, if you're looking for a two-year fix at 95%, then digital mortgages by Atom Bank, you've got 3.94.
1: Okay, that's now this is interesting because you said before that you did think that these would be priced at or just under 4%, so you're spot on, aren't yes. you? Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, three-year fixes, Santander, 3.99. Mm. Five-year fixes, Coventry, 3.89. And you've got Accord, Bank of Ireland, Santander, Halifax, all around the 4% level. Um, So the good news is there are options.
1: And apparently take-off of these has been quite good from what I'm hearing, as in, you know... There's there's been been... a lot of
0: inquiries.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there there are some um, strict income multiples around it, as you'd imagine. So no-one's lending more than four and a half times. Um, in terms of that, you need a really good credit score, yeah. so these are all things we thought would would happen and, mm. and are sensible of course you mm. if you're lending that you you want to lend it to the right people mm. of course. um so that's good that's the activity is there but um uh, you still got on the other side of things, if you've got a forty percent deposit two year fixes at one point zero six. Three-year well, fixes at one point two, and five-year fixes from one point two four.
1: And and you know, and before people who sit there thinking, oh, "I need a forty percent deposit," you know, I don't know anybody who would have that. If you bought your home twenty years ago, which now, as we've chatted about earlier, according to the law of averages, may well be the case, um, <laughs> imagine how much equity you've probably got. So this yeah. is the thing, you know, it's that whole. Just don't think that deposit means deposit. It doesn't mean you had to, you know. In most cases, it, a deposit can also be equity in your current property, and that's what yeah. people need to speak to a mortgage broker about to understand what they can, what they've got, and and, and how they can best proceed.
0: Absolutely. And maybe we'll cover that in a, you
1: know, what in a prob- future episode. We probably should about talk about that. Actually, how much yeah.
0: can I borrow? Yeah. And how that works? Yeah. Because that's a, that's a, the biggest question we always get.
1: Mm. But we are
0: out of time.
1: I don't know where it goes with you, but it's always brilliant. It's always lovely chatting. Thank you, I really okay. enjoyed
0: that. Oh, um, well, so, thank you very much, Lou, as always, and thank you for listening in again. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating or leave us a review in your podcast app
1: and don't forget we're here to help with your property problems and mortgage dilemmas so if you would like our advice please do drop us an email to hello at theproperty-show.co.uk
0: and if you want the very latest on the property market from the two of us please give us a follow on social media you'll find us on twitter at the property show pod
1: thanks for joining us see you next time